the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I'm I'm quiet for a moment here because I have these large things to say, as I often do. Large doesn't mean correct, but they are large. I I am quite certain they're correct because I have been saying them for all of my life and to see it take place is of no consolation it's a fascinating thing that when I write my autobiography after I finish my bible commentary in fact that's part of what spurs me to finish it because I so ache to tell my story but I, I will have some pages devoted to the question of if you see darkness uh, before most people do and then the darkness does in fact appear how do you feel is it in is it in any way a consolation and it isn't it's a very I, I I love I love decent civilization and I love America more than I love being right. That's the way I would put it. But for those of you who've heard me tell you that it is a uh, a great war between the left and civilization, now you're seeing it to be so, and civilization is losing been losing my whole life but now it should it's it should be obvious to every conservative although many republicans won't say it i i I don't know why i have to say i don't know why liberals are cowed into silence The, the dominant feature of of liberals uh, is silence. They won't. They won't confront the obvious enemy. So they quote. They confront. They won't confront the dangerous enemy, the left. So they confront the non-dangerous enemy, the right. This is this is the human condition. It, those who don't fight real evils, fight made-up evils. Conservatives are a made-up evil. What harm exactly do we do? (laughs) We're not woke, that's clear. That there is serious talk about defunding police departments? You have to go to college to be such a moron. 
Forget that it's immoral because it will increase death, but it doesn't matter. You, I, I, I believe, I truly believe, I am as certain of this as I am of anything that I believe, that most people on the left, not liberals, who we don't hear from, but most people on the left don't give a damn about the great number of blacks who are murdered by blacks. And the reason I say it is it, it's never raised as an issue. Will more or fewer blacks die if police are defunded? Everyone knows more will die. And they don't care. Once you ask, does a policy do good, you have left the left. What are the consequences of this radical change is a conservative question. Defund the police. This demonization of whites and police is, uh, and the... As depressing as that is, is the reaction of, of, of many whites to be utterly obsequious, to even lose their human dignity, and to lie. It's, it's unprecedented. I, 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 can't, I, I can't imagine if this has ever taken place in any society before. I mean, after the Holocaust, which was beyond slavery, it was industrialized death and torture. Two out of every three Jews in Europe was slaughtered. The vast majority of children Did Germans then even have to walk around groveling before Jews? I saw a video of, of people kissing, white people kissing this uh, some black uh, cult's uh, shoes, getting down to the ground and kissing them. It, it's, it was in North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, it's, uh, we've lost our minds. We're losing, the, the, the society is losing its mind. It lost its mind in the coronavirus. Why is, why is California still locked down? Because we have morons called Democrats. It's an utterly destructive party. There's nothing good about the Democratic Party. It, uh, it, uh, it oscillates between stupidity and evil. It's a very serious time. <laughs> Just reading the, late, the latest breaking news here on the latest wimps and uh, in the... Uh, in the corporate world, Disney, T-Mobile pull advertising from Tucker Carlson's Fox News show. He's got to be among the most thoughtful people in the media today, Tucker Carlson. 
Why? Because he attacked Black Lives Matter movement. Really? Whew. That's really something. So I assume T-Mobile and Disney will advertise on shows that declare all whites are racist or let's defund the police or police are animals. Have any corporations remove their advertising from such shows? I, I, it's an open question. I don't know the answer. If I, if I had to bet uh, my house... I would bet that they haven't. There, You cannot be too radical. You cannot be too left. But if you attack the left, then you have, uh, you have trouble. I want to salute Tucker Carlson for the courage and intelligence of his commentaries. This isn't the first time advertisers, this is from The Rap. This isn't the first time advertisers have pulled out of Tucker Carlson tonight in light of incendiary comments. You see, we make incendiary comments. They don't. I listen to them. I don't, what is incendiary? See, they don't, they don't debate. They label. At least 26 advertisers, including Red Lobster, Lexus, Pfizer, IHOP, Smile Direct Club, Nerd Wallet, and Ancestry dropped their ads from his show after Carlson said immigrants made America poorer and dirtier. Hmm. I'd like to see the context of that. In related news, Carlson told, but again, if, 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 if there's nothing you could say. Would they, would they continue to advertise on a show that said, no more police departments, defund police. Did you see the monuments, uh, all these monuments torn down? They represent Western civilization. Churchill, Churchill's monuments defaced in London by the left. These are nothings compared to that man. Nothings, midgets. Not in the small people sense. Hi, everybody. Charles Blow, who writes the same column every week, or every twice a week in the New York Times, another America hating columnist at the New York Times. I used to quote him. I made a list of his adjectives. It ran to two pages. The adjectives he's used in his columns just about Donald Trump. It's an adjective-filled rant every every time. So uh, here is uh, his uh, latest column. Here, you want to know? This is because the man is a leftist. So I I am here to clarify life for you. I hope you agree with me, but infinitely more important is I hope you will see the the divide in all its clarity. We conservatives believe 
we traditionalists, we who believe in the American value system, we believe that the primary problem is one of values. That in a free society, human beings are primarily those responsible for their lives. There's a lot of luck in life. There is unfairness in life. All of that is true. We, we try to help the unlucky. That should be a given. But generally speaking, we believe that values are the issue. The left, since Marx, has believed that money is the issue. So listen to Charles Blow, a, a neo-Marxist at the, at the New York Times. Ready? Here it is at the end of his column. Poverty is the problem. Wealth inequality is the problem. So he really believes that if you gave enough money to all the people who commit violent crimes, they would stop committing violent crimes. They would lead upright lives. That's what the left believes, that the issue is that they just don't have a a nice apartment or a nice home. That's all they need. They're fools. Because... They never have explained to me why are there so many rich criminals. If criminality is rooted in poverty, why are there rich criminals? Okay, anyway. Poverty is the problem. Wealth inequality is the problem. All the things that lead to and attend poverty and wealth inequality are the problem. There you go. So you don't need a moral education. You certainly don't need God. You certainly don't need character development. You don't need two parents. You don't need a father. You need to have wealth inequality addressed. Leftism among not only makes you bad, it makes you stupid. But no one wants to talk about that. That's hilarious. No one wants to talk about redistribution of wealth. <laughs> That's an amazing comment. I would, I would sooner argue very few people want to talk about the redistribution of values. Because to truly tackle these issues would deal in some way with wealth redistribution, and the mere mention of that concept throws the comfortable and the rich into a tizzy. So, since what does that exactly mean? Would we we would confiscate money from the wealthy and give it to the poor? Okay, and then what? Then they become fine people. My grandfather was was as poor as anybody that Charles Blow knows or could think of even. Never committed a crime. Do you know when I first realized poverty causes crime was a lie? And that I later learned that, in fact, crime causes poverty. Any crime-infested area is uh, going to become poor. Who wants to make a business there? Who wants to even go there? 
But I learned it, I realized it at a very early age, I think either in high school or college, when I thought of my grandfather and grandmother for that matter, and how poor they were. My father was their only source of support. And I realized when I asked the question, gee, why doesn't my grandfather rob? Why doesn't he rape? And the, it, the, it became so absurd to me to think, oh, because he's poor, he's more likely to engage in violent crime, that I realized that the connection was minimal. My grandfather didn't commit any violent crimes because he believed that it was wrong. And he believed it was wrong, I assume. I never discussed it with him. He died when I was very young. Uh, But he, uh, I assume, that he was so deeply influenced by his religion, in his case, Orthodox Judaism, that the thought that, you know, well, I'm, I'm pretty poor, I think I'll steal. It, it, I, don't, I don't even think it occurred to him. I don't think it was exactly a battle in his life. I continue with Charles M. Blow in the New York Times. Oh, so we'll ban some chokeholds, we'll collect some new records and disclose others. We'll put constraints on officers requiring more training and exposing them to litigation. But just remember, these are not necessarily rogue officers. This you have to hear. They are instruments of the system and manifestations of society. They are violent to black people because America is violent to black people. They oppress because America oppresses. The police didn't give birth to American violence and inhumanity. America's violence and inhumanity gave birth to them. It's what readers in the New York Times read every day. 708 comments. I'll bet 706 think it's brilliant. The Dennis Prager Show. All right, everybody, Dennis Prager here. Do you know that over a thousand people in the medical profession signed a statement that it was okay from a COVID or from a health standpoint to demonstrate and protest? I want you to understand the corruption of the sciences that has taken place, but but we still have an issue of people going, be, being allowed to go to church. This is truly an upside down world in which we have entered, into which we have entered. The uh, probably the most active organization fighting these things in court is the Alliance Defending Freedom. And I have David Cortman, Senior Counsel with the ADF. Hello, David. How are you? Good to be on. I'm glad you feel that way. 
You ever go on a show that you were not glad to be on? <laughs> I have been on a couple of those. Yes. Oh, okay, fine. Fair enough. <laughs> what is the current state of allowance for church attendance? You know, it's it's remarkable in different areas of the country. You have certain states who are abiding by the Constitution and deciding on a neutral basis if we're letting people to congregate, um, whether they're secular or religious, we'll do it in an even-handed fashion. But there are several states, like Nevada, uh, that have chosen to treat churches and religious organizations worse. So you can go to a casino with hundreds and thousands of your hundreds or thousands of your best friends, uh, but you can't go to church with uh, fifty other people. How, how do they answer that question? Yeah, I mean, basically, there's a couple problems. So people are familiar with these executive orders all over the country. They start by deciding on an ad hoc basis what's essential and what's not essential. And rather than putting church and spiritual things and worship in the essential category, they put it in the non-essential category. Uh, and so then they justify it by it's not a necessity for people. And I think that's something the government shouldn't be doing. So, in effect, at least in, in California, I would imagine, church churches are on a par with nail salons. Sometimes. Sometimes nail salons are treated better than churches. And that's <laughs> oh, okay. Thing that's remarkable. <laughs> if you look at the way they categorize uh, different types of uses, it seems like churches are always on the, the bottom end of the list. And so they'll reopen, as, as people know, they've done in phases, well, they'll decide that, for example, we've had several cases uh, where they're open bars um, before they're open churches or nail salons uh, or, as I mentioned, casinos or things like that. And so the way – I'm not sure how they get to the conclusion about what's necessary or not. But All right, so I'm going to ask you – religious worship. I want to ask you uh, a, a, an uncomfortable question. Why don't more clergy rebel? Yeah, and I think the reason is is that you know we're taught to follow um, what our leaders say. Uh, the problem is 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 when you go too far, and not only do you violate you know what churches may consider to be God's rights and commands, but you you violate our own, uh, like the Constitution being one. And so you know churches are being as patient as they could be. They've been waiting months now. But more and more you're seeing churches start to say, look, you know, we are commanded to worship together. We've been doing this for months now. You're letting people go out in throngs um, to protest and to go do other things, which are also protected by the Constitution. But you shouldn't be picking and choosing winners, winners and losers when it comes to the First Amendment. So have you, has the ATF gone to court on this matter? We have. We've gone to court in um, many, many cases. We've we filed and or send demand letters in um, in over 15 cases already. We have them pending in uh, Nevada. Um, we just won one in uh, Oregon. We won in Kansas, Mississippi. So we've been filing these cases for the last several months because it seems to be the only way to get the attention of, of some of the government officials. When you say you've won in Oregon, what, what does that mean? Well, what that means is is that we filed a lawsuit there uh, because churches were limited to 25 people, 
but yet you can go to a restaurant with no capacity limit or a gym or a workout class or whatever whatever have you. And so we filed a lawsuit on behalf of a small church that said, look, we want to meet with more than 25 people. We filed a lawsuit, and then in response, the state turned around and amended uh, their restrictions and allowed churches to meet on the same basis as others. So we've also had court victories where the court issued an opinion saying, like the state of Kansas, it's unconstitutional the way you're limiting churches and actually ordering the state to open churches back up. So we've had many different kinds. All right. Well, uh... I want to ask a couple of more questions. ADF, I, I, I ask you to help them, by the way. Okay, my friends. Just want to ask a couple of questions here and then go to your calls. Got a lot to talk to you about. David Cortman is senior counsel at a group that I have great respect for, Alliance Defending Freedom. You know my view, folks. Good people are divided among three groups. Those who fight, those who help the fighters, and those who do nothing, those who do nothing is always the largest group. Those who help are as important as those who do the fighting. And I think, uh, how how do people get to your uh, website and and help you out? Uh, It's simply ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, ADFlegal.org. Um, and they can get all the information on all of these cases that are going on and, and all the other cases across the country that we're... ADFlegal.org. Okay, final question. I live in California. What is the story in the biggest state with regard to churches? California, uh, like other states, has, has not been religion-friendly. Uh, there have been several suits uh, up and down the entire state. Um, so that's still a work in progress. And, and one of the things that, that we do is, is we look at whatever state uh, is not treating religious freedom like it should, regardless of what faith you are. And so California is in the midst of, of, of legal battles and probably will continue to be so because they don't seem to be responding uh, as they should to, to abide by uh, religious freedom principles. Okay, let me just say, because a lot of clergy listen to my show, because I'm such a big ally of theirs. I, I don't understand why priests, ministers, and rabbis do not make this announcement. We are opening up next Saturday or next Sunday uh, for services. Nobody has to come. If you feel uh, uh, that you are uh, vulnerable to COVID or just uncomfortable with the idea, please do not come. But we are opening up. And if we are arrested, so be it. I don't understand, I truly just don't understand why rabbis, priests, and ministers don't make that announcement. And there have been some, um, uh, there, was, there was one state, I believe it was Minnesota, uh, that many of the states, in fact hundreds of the state's churches, um, got together and sent a letter to the governor and basically said, look, you know, we're trying to do our best here, but we're going to be meeting this Sunday. Um, and they got together and worked it out. And so, you know, people have different comfort levels. Some of them file a lawsuit. Some of them go ahead and open. Some of them, you know, reach out. But I agree with you. I think there's something has to be done uh, because I think the, the authority that's been grabbed by some of our state leaders is, is really quite remarkable during this time. Well, keep up the great work. You, you folks are, are vital to this country. Well, thanks for having me on. You're welcome. ADFlegal.org. Find out what they're doing. And to help them out, they're very good. Uh, Jack Hibbs and Rob McCoy are two dear friends who were pastors. 
they, they have done what I have said. That I'm sure others have, but they're the ones that I know. I don't know any rabbis who have done it or any priests who have done it. It doesn't mean none have done it. I'm just saying I don't know. Anyway, courage is uh, is the the rarest of the human uh, traits, as you all know. I've said that all of my life. But if you're religious and you don't have courage, what the hell is the good of your religiosity? And I mean it. I, I, I it's not it's not to put down. I don't understand it. If religion doesn't give you courage, what's its use? Do you fear God or you fear Newsom? I, I just I, I to me it's it's not like a it, it's not like a real tough puzzle. You know, th- this isn't Nazi Germany where we're, we're, you know we want uh, Christian clergy to to tell people to hide Jews and risk their lives. <laughs> You're not risking your life going to synagogue or church, my friends. And if you think you're risking your life for health reasons, I was talking about governmental reasons not risking your life. If you are afraid, then don't go. Okay, don't go. And I mean it. It's not a put down. There are people who shouldn't go. Whether it's age or or, uh, or pre-existing conditions, a compromised immune system, I get it. But the, the, uh, the great majority of people at synagogue or church don't have that issue. But it's a real good question, isn't it? What is the what is the good of your religiosity if it doesn't give you courage? If you're more scared of of Gavin Newsom than the King of Kings, what what is your religion about? Okay. There's a police officer who wrote uh, something. In the uh, on the website lawofficer.com, Travis Yates, America, we are leaving. This is the hardest thing I have ever written. I grew up in a law enforcement family. My father worked his way up the rank to captain at the Fourth Smith, Arkansas Police Department. As a kid, I remember going with him on Friday to pick up his check, and I was in awe of these superheroes he worked around. They were funny and fun to be around, men and women of all races, all with the same mission to make the community safer. My dad sacrificed a lot, and so did my late mother. Whether it was the week-long surveillance or wiretap or chasing drug runners across the county, country actually he gave it all for my family and worked plenty of extra details to never let our family be without some would call that privilege but where i grew up it was called hard work the kids at school thought it was cool what my dad did and while he sometimes asked me if anyone gave me a hard time they never did there was a respect among all even the kids in shop class. I will continue when we return. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. I wanna ride. 
All right, y'all, Dennis Prager here. I'm going to continue with the open letter by this law officer. Breaks your heart. The sick, despicable, pompous, arrogant, nihilistic people who just brand the, the police as racist. Brand the, the whole country. These people have made nothing. Do you get it? They I don't mean made no money. I mean they have created nothing. They only know how to tear down. That is all the left knows is to destroy. It knows the value of nothing and the price of everything. That is the definition of a cynic. Jay in Spokane, Washington. Hello. Hi, Mr. Prager. It's an honor to be on with you. Thank you. Well, sir, I just had a comment and a question. Uh, I've noticed that the large churches in America and across the world have grown increasingly apolitical, and they refuse to comment on political issues like Black Lives Matter or the government's restriction of our freedom to worship. And I was... I had my own thoughts as to why this has happened, but I was curious as to hear yours. Well, I'm curious to hear yours. People hear mine all the time. Go ahead. Uh, Well, sir, my wife and I lead a small group at our church, and we were discussing Black Lives Matter and uh, how unbiblical it is, and they're essentially black supremacists. And we were told that we weren't allowed to talk about that by our leaders and that we needed to just focus on the gospel. And I... I can't quite articulate it, but that's the message that continues to come up, is that we have to just focus on what unites us, and that's the gospel, and we shouldn't be talking about these controversial things, and uh, it just feels robotic. I don't know where that's come from or why the church is yes, afraid to speak. That, that's right, because people want to be liked. It's a form of idol worship. That's what I said earlier. I mean, forget politics, that people... Contrary to science, will not meet to pray. Think you'll die? <laughs> Have you lost your minds? Has death rate gone up uh, with uh, with all all the uh, congregating that people have done? I went to a rally. I spoke at a rally a few weeks ago in Los Angeles at City Hall shook hands with like 40 people. They seem to be doing fine. <laughs>